from 1924 when he threw rocks around a canyon down into the modern age he's been a boon companion though many folks have seen him know now none of them have held him or brought a decent hand sample to dr jeffrey meldrum if you're walking through the woods one night and you see a vague footprint Build a mold and cast that bitch, cause it could be a hit. But if you've never seen a Sasquatch, just seek and you will find. Because Bigfoot is a state of mind. Yes, Bigfoot is a state of mind. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hidden Zoo, where every week or so we make fun of an animal that probably doesn't exist. I'm Don, with me as always is Blake. Hey Dad. Hey Blake. As usual. What? Huh? Do I still sound okay? You still sound fine. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, as usual, we're filming a couple episodes back-to-back. So um, last week's episode that we just recorded, we talked about The Mandalorian. We don't have anything to talk about at the top of this week's show because we kind of blew our wad. Yeah, we haven't, well, we haven't seen the new one yet. Yeah, it's not out for two days as far as where, where we are in time. So I, I don't know what else we're going to talk about. Usually we, we shoot the shit for like ten minutes. It's funny that they're dropping it early, <laughs> so it's not going to conflict with watching the yeah to the theater and seeing the new one. Go see the Star War. Don't watch the Star War on the small TV. See the Star War on the big TV. Star War. Star War. You're going to watch the entire um other episodes. You no. watch the entire saga before. No. God no. No, uh, about 10 years ago, my friend Gina and I, she's a humongous Star Wars freak. Uh, it's kind of weird because she loves Star Wars like more than anybody I know, but you and I both know way more about Star Wars minutiae than her. Like she's, <laughs> we're that kind of nerd and she's a different kind of nerd. But no thing, anything about Ithorians? I mean, she could probably tell you that Ithorians have mouths on both sides of their face. They speak out of both of them. They actually can produce harmonies. But... Uh, no, I don't know if she could tell you that or not. But Ithorians <laughs> are also called hammerheads. They are. She uh, she and I tried about 10 years ago to ju- just to marathon the original trilogy and got through Empire. And we're like, oh, I'm fucking going to bed now. Just this, this, this is long. This is a lot. And it would require me to see episode two, which I have not seen since the theater. And I have no interest in seeing it because as bad as everyone thinks Phantom Menace is, Attack of the Clones is a thousand times worse. I haven't seen Phantom Menace since the theater. I know I've seen it at least once or twice since then. And I know I've seen it, like, it was playing at a restaurant during Gen Con. It was like all the restaurants in town, they go all Gen Con and they change the menus to nerd stuff. And then they play, like, nerd movies on the TVs. And they were playing Phantom Menace because somebody gave them bad information, I guess. <laughs> it's a Star Wars. Who yeah, cares? Everyone likes all oh, this Star Wars. It's all the same. It's all shit. And that's when it hit me that, like, the midpoint of that movie that's supposed to be, you know, the point of no return, the major game changer, the, you know, the getting on the fucking boat in Jaws mo- moment... Mm. is the pod race which is just it's just a plot contrivance it's just a story hurdle that george came up with because Watto, the anti-semitic jew stereotype uh-huh. couldn't be affected by jedi power hmm. and so dumb pod that race. that plot point yeah that's the, that's the reason they had to make a bet for anakin 
<laughs> and also there's the moral side of it where he's like, hey, so there's this whole planet where we got all these motherfuckers in slavery. I'm not going to save them. I'm a Jedi. I'm not going to save them. I'm going to make a bet with this slave owner so I can take ownership of this particular slave. Or they could have, yeah, they could have just said, uh, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Little flying toad monster. You're a slaver. I'm going to kill you and release your slaves. Yeah, they could have just done that. They they probably should have just done that. It would have saved an extra, like, 45 minutes off of Shaved. Yeah. yeah. 40 minutes or so off that plot. Yeah, but then we wouldn't have gotten the pod race, which really, no, it's not that good, people. It's a bad plot element. It's dumb. It doesn't have any actual stakes. Like, there, there's no risk. The risk is he loses. That's the <laughs> It's like... When when they get sucked onto the Death Star in A New Hope, the risk is they'll fucking die. And yeah, one of them does. Well, if he had lost, it would have gone back to the status quo. Yeah, and then they would have had to kill the slave owner like they should have in the first place. <laughs> what we really need is Star Wars with a little more Django Unchained. Yeah. Jedi except spell with a D. Jedi Unchained. <laughs> that would be pretty tits to have a, a Django a Django Star Wars. <laughs> Where you just got a Jedi who's very proactive instead of, you know, dumb. You get to see Christoph Waltz as a, either a bounty hunter or a Jedi. <laughs> I say bounty hunter. Yeah, well, he's already been a bounty hunter, though. Yeah, so? <laughs> it's, he's a, he's also a Mandalorian and just has a mask on the entire time. <laughs> no, he's a, he's from a different sect of the religion where he takes the mask off. <laughs> well, that's no. Uh, you laugh, but there's a Mandalorian in the uh, Rebels TV show who does take her mask off. Because well, also the dude, um, Django spelled regular instead of Django spelled with a D. Django regular took his helmet off the whole time. Yeah. So where does he fit in the? Well, the he wasn't. He's a fake Mandalorian. That's my guess. If they ever talk talk about it, he's going to be a fake ass Mandalorian because no real Mandalorian would let he's somebody clone you and sell your warrior skills to the highest bidder. He's a poser. Yeah, he's totally a poser, and his son's a poser of a poser. Boba Fett's a bitch. Yeah, he went down like a punk. He did. I'm so glad we have a badass real Mandalorian. I love... Uh, okay, we can't talk more about this episode because this just occurred to me. I love the implication that he fucked a Twi'lek, with, but but he had the helmet on while he did it. Helmet on, yeah. <laughs> he never takes it off. <laughs> so, like, he takes off all the Besker and his cape and his flamethrower arms and his, and, and his cod piece and just leaves the helmet on. And she's cool with that. Yeah, that's how they do. Yeah. <laughs> that do you suppose he's uncircumcised too? Because they never <laughs> they never take the helmet off. I would assume so. It's a terrible fucking joke. That is pretty bro. It's awful. <laughs> oh shit. What's your cryptid done? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. Uh, so my, my cryptid is an Australian cryptid and I love going back to Australia because, uh, it's the home of one of our very favorites. Oh, the Yowie. The Yowie. Oh, I don't have any noises for this one. Uh, it's a, like so many cryptids, it's a terrible uninspired combination of humans and another animal. But unlike a lot of cryptids, the name is also really uninspired. It's called the elephant humanoid. 
<laughs> wow. And what circus train did this escape from? Well, I'll tell you, mate. The circus train was heading from Sydney to Perth, and it crashed halfway in the outback, and the elephant uh, fucked the bearded lady. Now, it got cockney real quick. Uh, so, the first sighting of the elephant humanoid out of three? Okay, at least the first reported sighting, because I have to go back in time partway, partway through this. It, it was in 1968 by a woman named Mabel. And, and here's a direct quote from Mabel. Now, I'm not going to try an Australian accent, and it'll end up worse than Tarantino's in Django. Well, I don't know about that. It, it, it'd be hard to be <laughs> yeah. worse than that. Uh, it was a bit over four feet tall with dark gray, tough, leathery skin like an elephant's. It had small front legs and walked on its hind legs, which were thick and round like an elephant's. There were no tail or ears, but I saw a trunk that was like an anteater's, rigid and squared off at the end and stuck out at an angle. It then came out of the water, stood up on its legs, and ran into a bush with a shuffling sideways run. So, its snout was like an anteater. Mm-hmm. It had no ears. So naturally, it's the elephant humanoid. <laughs> Makes oh, sense this to me. Is pretty good, Australia. Yeah. So it's not an aardvark humanoid. It's it's an elephant humanoid. It's so, not an echidna humanoid. Nope. So Mabel couldn't report it to the authorities, as from all the good that would have done, because she was driving her nephew to the airport. Uh, and as far as I can tell, she said she was going to go back to the lake where she saw it and look for it again, and then fell off the radar completely. So there's a D and D race of elephant oh, of humanoids. Yeah, of course there is. I was I was making some Hero Forge minis the other day, and they have elephant heads in there now. Loxo. Yeah. I when I when I was googling for like other sources other than cryptid wiki on this that's what came up primarily was the D&D race D&D Loxos yeah. so uh, then a few years later in 19, 1971 there were some nighttime fishermen who claimed they saw the elephant humanoid at I'm gonna Narrabeen Lake that's my try N-A-R-R-A-B-E-N Narrabeen Narrabeen yeah at Narrabeen Lake. So they heard some sloshing in the water. They raised their lantern and they saw a weird gray thing moving off through the shallows before it, you know, it got out of the radius of their light. And this sighting is corroborated because that very same night, an anonymous woman was awakened by, quote, a strange gurgling noise. <laughs> so strange gurgling. Don't, don't doubt it. The anonymous lady's got the back of these anonymous fishermen. Something was gurgling in the dark. And it must have been that, that elephant creature that looks like an anteater. So then, in the, the later 70s, a UFO researcher decided to look into the elephant humanoid. His name was Bill Chalker, and he didn't find anything. But he did point out, hey, isn't it weird that in Indian, in, in Hindu religion, Lord Ganesha is like an elephant humanoid? Yeah, maybe he's based on actual elf humanoids. Maybe he, I mean, he is like the patron god of traveling, if I remember correctly. He was just traveling to Australia. Yeah, too bad it wasn't blue. Too bad it wasn't riding on a rat. Was it Max Rebo? Are you sure? Sure it's not Max Rebo? It might have been Max Rebo. 
It might have been. It might have been an Ortolan. He was just looking for new. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, don't know his yeah. species. He's an Ortolan, but if he was gray, he would be a dead ringer for what they're describing. Because that was like that was one of my first thoughts too. It's, this just sounds like the fucking Max Rebo Muppet. <laughs> He's just looking to. He just wants to whale some jizz down under. That's all he wants jizz, to do. That's right. Jizz whaling was the their. I don't know if they <laughs> did jizz. I don't. Unfortunately, uh, named band. That was that was the Cantina band. I don't know if the Max Rebo band did jizz. Hold on. <laughs> no, I thought they did. They were jizz whalers, weren't they? <laughs> no, that was uh, Figure and Dan and the Modal Nodes. That was the Bith, the Bith band, in the Cantina. Are you sure. Yeah, that's jizz. Yeah, I know that that's them. That's jizz. Max Rebo. What is it? What's their genre of music? Okay. Wikipedia. Don't fail me now. 12 member band. Played the song Jedi Rocks for Hut and his court. Oh, the, the new song is so much worse than the original. So bad. <laughs> With the really terrible Psy Snoodle CG. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Behind the scenes. Wikipedia doesn't say what, uh, what uh, genre they are. Maybe if I just search jizz. Jizz whale. Yeah, I was afraid to look up jizz whaling. Max Rebo. Were, they were jizz whalers. Yeah, okay. So they were jizz whalers too. Jizz whaler. Yeah, uh, jizz whaling. <laughs> yep. You know, like jazz, but yeah. with a different vowel. Yeah, there's nothing weird about that. I wonder if that was if that was slang at the time or if that's just an unfortunate. <laughs> oh, according to... According to uh, Wikipedia, Figure and Dan didn't just play jizz. They also played jats. Jats? Yeah. Really? Uh, it was popular in the Republic, but by the time of the Clone Wars, it was considered turgid and outdated. Compared with the more modern form uh, genre of leap jump. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, what? trying to do fictional musical genres always. What the shit? Comes out really silly. Leap Jump showed up in MedStar 1, Battle Surgeons, a Clone Wars novel. <laughs> sure. Okay. But Jats experienced a revival under the Empire owing to the efforts of Fitzroy, human Jats musician from the Tampani sector who lived during the Galactic Civil War. God, sometimes I fucking hate Star Wars. We don't yeah, need all too. of this. We don't need all of this. Somebody has to make a thing for everything. No, you don't. Not everything needs to be exhaustively explained. Some things are just fine the way they are. Mm-hmm. You don't. Like, oh, what, what about, who were Finn's parents before he was kidnapped? Who gives a shit? It doesn't inform I, his character. It doesn't matter. I really like that there's no information on Yoda creatures. Yep. I like that. Yep. I like, I like that. Because it doesn't matter. Like, people, yeah. people see Star... It's like they forget it's a story. I guess, in a way. Like, no, it's a world, and we have to flip. No, you don't. It's a story. And if it's not important to the story, we don't need to know it. Like, it's neat to have background information. That's cool. But... Jizz whalers. Jizz whalers. <sighs> yeah, so that's, uh, there's Star Wars music theory for you. Jizz, jats, and leap jump. Jizz whaler. Looks like a small elephant. Yeah, he does look like a... <laughs> like this description. Fat, blue-skinned creatures with long snouts. Yep, as opposed as opposed to the chubby gray skin creatures with long snouts, who uh, like like the one who sold out Han Solo and Mos Eisley. 
you know. Oh, that guy, the, the burp, burp, burp guy. Yeah, yeah, his name is Ethan Mon because they were too lazy to come up with something <laughs> that didn't sound like Elephant Man. Fuck Star Wars, as much as I love it. Okay, anyway, back to Bill Chalker and Lord Ganesha. So he didn't find anything when he was actually investigating, but in 1985, he got a letter from an old-ass farmer named Cecil McGann, who told him about all this crazy stuff that happened on his farm in Australia in 1927. Okay? So this is like that story of the guy who was kidnapped and held hostage by the family of Bigfoot's. That mm-hmm. like I know we've mentioned before, but we haven't covered it on the show where he didn't tell anybody until like sixty years later. Yeah, oh yeah, by the way. Oh yeah, one time a Bigfoot he took me out in the woods and he put his thumb in my butt and showed me his family. <laughs> okay. So the first uh first Cecil said that uh for months his family was dealing with weird lights in the sky and their animals were getting freaked out and then some of their animals were dead or mutilated or exsanguinated. That's a word I probably wouldn't know if I hadn't started reading about weird paranormal shit in elementary school. It doesn't even show up in vampire fiction. It just shows up in cattle mutilation stories. It was fully exsanguinated. Okay. Uh, and then one day, all the cattle were grazing. And then in the afternoon, early afternoon, they stampeded back from the grazing grounds. And their eyes were, quote, bulging with terror. And for days, they refused to go back to the grazing grounds. And then one day, Cecil noticed that one of the cows was missing. So he went out to look for it, and here's a quote from Cecil's letter. I walked out onto the ridge in our day paddock to see if she, the cow, had ventured out there during the day, and a strange scene confronted me as I looked down the ridge as there were two objects, one down on a small flat at the bottom of a ridge and one amid bushes halfway down the ridge, and they were moving about and looked like small elephants. So, 1927. Now, in hindsight... He speculated that it may have actually not been gray skin. It may have been spacesuits. Because <laughs> lights in the sky. Like in 1927, he was, he was culturally unequipped to name something as an alien. Because nobody thought of that shit. But, but then, then somebody, later on, they yeah. take off the spacesuit and there's just a giant gray guy in there. <laughs> it's not a cool elephant-looking alien. No, it's just a... Just a big gray thing it's a dude with a big head and giant eyes <sighs> yeah so that's the elephant humanoid because i liked it better when the the space jockey was a cool looking alien thing yep and not just a stupid looking humanoid thing a big a white cool dude thing. yeah lame yeah i think prometheus is another example of those questions didn't need answered no no it was cooler when it was mysterious or the comic books did it way better. Yeah. I, uh, I've i been listening to a podcast called Unresolved, which is inspired by the Unresolved subreddit, which is just about mysteries that haven't been solved yet. And mm-hmm. even the ones that aren't creepy, I find myself getting creeped out by them. And it, like, it takes me back to when I was a kid obsessively watching Unsolved Mysteries. And I realized <laughs> that I just love the sensation of, Ooh, we don't know, and we might never know. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and and I, you know, I like answers too. Like, if somebody finds out what happens, to, what happened in like all of the murders in Bardstown, Kentucky, over the last few years, that would be cool, and people would find justice. But at the same time, like, ooh, it really creeps me out to think that there's some weird shit going on in Bardstown, and we don't know what it is. 
even like those weird internet mysteries where it's like obviously just some weirdo doing a, a cryptogram because he wants to people to think he's smart or some shit like but i don't know it's creepy i like that one that what was it a sir some kind of team science team in russia <laughs> the outlaw pass like back in the 60s that one yeah, yeah. no nah, that one's been pretty well explained that's that one pretty well they just got hypothermia right yeah um because they're making weird stuff. Yeah, there there are like a lot of things that I don't know that one. It's it's creepy. There's there's security camera footage on YouTube of her freaking out in this elevator, and it looked like somebody was chasing her, and then she just like climbed up into like a water tank on top of a hotel and died. Just like five six years back, and like we can't ever know exactly what happened, but it seems pretty evident that she went off her meds and had a manic episode or a psychotic break or something, mm-hmm. and climbed into a thing and drowned. So, but yeah, like just because we don't know for sure doesn't mean we can't be pretty sure based on other things we know. There's a ton of nautical ones we still don't know about. Oh, nautical yeah. nonsense. Yeah, there's plenty of that. Mary Celeste. Mm-hmm. Why did they abandon? What, we will never know exactly why they abandoned that damn ship. No, we won't. No. Flight nineteen. What happened to them? I don't know. Probably crashed. Got lost. Mm-hmm. Amelia Earhart. Although there's some really good hypotheses for that one. Yeah, that was a pretty exhaustive. DB Cooper. That one it does did get explained pretty well to my satisfaction. <laughs> that he just fucking died. Well, they, there was a guy. There was a guy who did like the same crime like a week later. <laughs> I haven't read that one. I remember. It. Let me find that article. There was that got underpublicized. Because so I always figured here's a guy who just like not in a recognized jump zone or anything, like just over a random patch of land, strapped on a parachute and jumped out of a plane. He probably died. And we'll never know Jack the Ripper, but I'm partial to the, it was actually a bunch of different murderers and the media turned it into one dude story. Let's see. There was, I swear there was another art. There was like a guy who got, who did the same thing and got caught. Oh, there's a ton. There's a ton of shit to read now. (laughs) There's too much information now. (laughs) Too much D.B. Cooper. But it's, you know, if he died, you know, you, somebody could have found his parachute at some point. I mean, granted, that's a pretty big area. Well, they found some of his money, just like washed downstream from where he, around the area where he jumped. Yeah. There's a whole movie about that. It's a mediocre comedy called uh, Without a Paddle. There is, with Seth Green. And Dak Shepard. It was in the break room at Petco, and I never watched it. It's fine. Let's see. Oh, he used a he used a civilian skydiving parachute. And apparently, he didn't even check his uh, backup chute or anything. So, people speculate he didn't really know what he was doing. Rejected the, rejected the military issue parachutes offered by oh, because McCord. Oh, okay, it was right there. Where did he do this from? SeaTac. Hell, if I remember. Okay, they, they landed at SeaTac, got him the parachute. Huh. 
This, this is interesting when I haven't read about this one in a while, but yeah, he could have just died. Because none of those bills ever showed up again, right? Except for the ones that got found. Yeah, the ones that washed down river. What? No, I'm just, now we're both just reading this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's a sign that we should either find a different topic or sign off for the day. If we're just going to read D.B. Cooper and leave the listener in silence, we're not doing our jobs. Oh, they gave him a reserve that was a training reserve. He didn't look. He didn't check that one, huh? He didn't know what he was doing. This is, did I tell you I watched this, why I watched Overlord? Oh shit! I want to watch that. It's on Hulu. Is it good? It is. I liked it. It's really, it's really silly. The, the World War II Nazi zombie movie. Yeah, but the first ten minutes or so, they're they're doing the Normandy jump, mm -hmm. and it really stressed me out because it's all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was really. It's like I've, you know, I've, the, I've done that jump. Not the, you know, not in the Normandy, <laughs> but but they're the all same just way. sitting there like none of their shit's ready to go. And they're just sitting around like bullshit and guys have their helmets off. There's nothing like nothing is, is correct. <laughs> and it was really made me stressed out. Oh, oh it's time to jump. Hold, let me put my shoot on. Hold yeah, on. They're not ready to do it. Hold on. Stop the plane. Which is ridiculous because you got to be ready to go in case something goes wrong. Or in their case, if their airplane gets shot up. Mm-hmm. But this freaks me out now because we have, like, when we do training, they have training reserve chutes that are designed not to come apart. Because when you pull those things, they pop pretty good, and, like, because they're supposed to, they're really, really tightly packed. And so if you mm -hmm. pull a reserve by accident, the thing just kind of goes everywhere. And so that's just sort of, wow, that's really crazy. You didn't have a, you didn't jump with a helmet. Mm-mm. I think with the older and technically inferior of the two primary shoots supplied to him. He seemed like a dude who came up with what he thought was a brilliant plan, but he didn't actually know what the fuck he was doing. Jumped into a 10 fair. I wonder how fast the wind was that day. I don't know. Into, and into trees, probably, which mm -hmm. is a whole. Because yeah. we have a whole a procedure for tree landing. Which sucks because it's really hard to remember all the steps. Well, yeah, you hang there for a while and then you cut the ropes and fall down and you're fine. I've seen movies. <laughs> well, the our thing is, which is we have to learn this whole procedure, even though it's ridiculous. Like if I was stuck at a tree, I mean, first of all, there's no trees in Oklahoma. But if I was stuck at a tree, I wouldn't do shit. I would just sit there and wait. <laughs> like, come get me. I'm not lowering myself down with my reserve. That's crazy. I'm not a monkey. <laughs> I am neither a monkey nor a large cat. Yeah, because we had this whole thing where you're supposed to to deploy your reserve and then climb down the reserve. Uh huh. So you like use like, like a rope. Yeah, it's like I'll just wait for someone to come get me. I have a real good vantage point. If any Nazis come by, I can shoot them. <laughs> I have the yeah. high ground. Which like, you know, some of that's derived from the real army stuff, to where you probably want to do that in an actual combat jump, but mm -hmm. you know, I'll just, it's going to be a controlled drop zone. I'm not even just going to wait, <laughs> but 
breaking my neck climbing down my reserve. Yeah, somebody will come get you soon enough. Oh, shit. Planting a tree would suck. Trees are pointy. <laughs> yeah, you might die. And Because he just jumped right out over the woods. Yep. Yes, he did. Although, okay. Like in the middle of the night, too, I think. With no supplies. Yeah. And it's not like he could have had a friend wait for him in the woods in the random spot where he jumped. You know? I bet he died. The chances <laughs> that it was him who did the same the crime two weeks later, they, they just don't seem very good. Maybe when we start running out of cryptids, we can go, we can switch over. Maybe we could pepper in some, some mysteries. Yeah. Some unsolved mysteries. And make fun of weird mysteries. This is the Andrea, the uh, the Mary Celeste and the Flight 19. Yeah. The Tunguska explosion. Uh, also pretty, it was probably a comet. I know, but it's fun to... It's true. <laughs> Don't discount it already. We gotta talk about aliens and, and uh, Tesla death rays. Don't go all Ackroyd on me over there. <laughs> and phantom trains. <laughs> and how your uncle was St. Jerome. <laughs> The new Ghostbusters trailer looks pretty cool. It does. I'm surprised. Like, I liked the last one. Like, I liked it when I saw it. The more I think about it, the less I like it. Which one? The, the um, it's 2016. Oh, the girl one? Yeah, the girl one. Yeah, um, I liked it. It was okay. It, but it was, it was like, a, it was a fine, it was a fine action comedy summer blockbuster movie. I don't think it was a very good Ghostbusters movie. Because Ghostbusters, oh, yeah, totally is, it's not a summer blockbuster. It's a, it's. It's a horror movie. Like Ghostbusters and even Ghostbusters 2 have a bunch of legit scary moments that are just kind of undercut by these weirdos from New York not giving a shit. Just like treating yeah. it like a job. Yeah, it's... But like the scene in the car in the first one with uh, with uh, Ray and Winston and they're talking about the end of the world. Like that's creepy. Yeah. The, uh, the fucking the librarian ghost is creepy. Yeah, it's got its horror elements. Yeah. And it doesn't have a big action set piece at the end with a bunch of weapons and everybody fights the ghost. You know, there's five minutes of actual action in the whole movie and most of it takes place in a ballroom. You know, this one looks like it looks like a Stephen King take on Ghostbusters. You know, it reminded me a little bit of like. um... Uh, Shit, what's that one? Eight uh, eight millimeter a little bit, for some reason. Is it eight millimeter? The one with Nick Cage in the snuff film. Not the snuff film one. What's the one with the? Uh, <laughs> oh super, yeah 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 super yeah super eight, eight. yeah. Eight that's a that's a very different movie. Yeah, it reminds me. Yeah, it reminds me of the one where the chick got murdered. Finds the snuff film. Yeah, he's a he's a PI. It's one of those fucked up movies of the nineties. Yeah, eight millimeter. So just like that, except with kids. Super 8, because it had the kids. Yeah. yeah, it's got that same feel of, like, kids getting into something very frightening and way over their heads. Or or a little bit uh, Stranger Things, too. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think that's a good place to take it. And did you notice uh, that the mine shaft they go into is the Shandor Mine? The Evo, oh, was it? Yeah, Evo Shandor Mine. Yeah. And so, no, like, I did not notice that. That's clever. Yeah, it's like they tie back into the, into the mythology of the first one. And I, I bet that's where he mined all the rare earth metals he made the frame of the building out of. And that that's why Egon was there? Yeah. He was, like, sitting, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the plot was that Egon moved there so he could keep an eye on it, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Like he's like he's like Mike in part two of uh, it, where he stayed in Derry to keep an eye out for it. Because he he found the the tie into that town. Yeah. So I I, I w- from the moment it was announced, I was like, this isn't going to work. Like you're not. It can't. There's no way this is going to be good. And I saw the trailer. I was like, this might actually be good. Uh huh. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um. I hope they nail the comedic style. That was one thing I didn't really like about the girl Ghostbusters. It's just not my comedic cup of tea. It was a little, I don't like Paul Feig's comedy style a lot. Um, I like the tighter, funnier, drier humor of the original Ghostbusters. Me too. Um, then the kind of like noodly improv where people who are supposed to be smart end up sounding stupid and they just let it go on for two minutes too long. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. It's it's yeah. I did I sometimes I like that, sometimes I don't. But yeah, no, so I, I'm I hope it's good. I don't I just I didn't understand the hate that it got. Uh they it got hate because ladies. Yeah, which I don't like why? Just let them try it, see it, what happens. It's probably the same group of guys who hated The Last Jedi utter, completely because there was an Asian lady in it. <laughs> no, just, there are no China women in space. Yeah, and then the poor, poor what's her face had to quit social media because she was getting harassed so much from the the China lady guys. It's dumb. Ghostbusters can't be ladies. Why? Oh, there's. Have you seen the the movies that made us on Netflix? I haven't watched it yet. I want to. I haven't even seen the third yeah. season of the Toys that Made Us. The Star Wars one is really good. Or not Star Wars. The Ghostbusters one is really good. I bet. It's got, what, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future. Uh, it's Ghostbusters, Die Hard, Die Hard. Uh, Home Alone, and Dirty Dancing. Oh, Dirty Dancing. That are on there. Oh, I'm going to skip Dirty Dancing for sure. And possibly Home Alone. But the Home Alone one's really interesting. Is it? I really liked, liked that one. They had a, in pre-production, they had a complete changeover. Like Fox. Huh. Whoever their original studio was refused to fund it because they asked for like three million more. <laughs> We're not giving you three million for Die Hard with an eight-year-old. Yeah, it was it was minimal. It, it was like from like ten or eleven million to like fifteen million. Uh, that's half your budget, though, man. That's a fifty percent increase. These days, and, in the era of two hundred and forty million dollar pictures, that's the drop in the bucket. But, jeez. But. And then it was was really cool is that the the head of the studio who approved it then left because they got bought by Coke I think or somebody, <laughs> and then the new Coke executives were like, well, we don't know about this. We can't authorize this kind of you know, budget increase. I don't know this this new guy, this John Hughes guy. He's an unproven factor. Yeah, it's, we don't think we can do this. Are there and tits then, in it? Um, then he moved. Wait, no, that was. Oh, I'm conflating two different stories oh. here, but oops. <laughs> because uh, there's a Ghostbusters. What the uh, this, the original head of the of Ghostbusters, like the head of their studio when they started Ghostbusters, left, mm-hmm. and then they just could not get clearance for the name because Ghostbusters was owned by somebody else. Filmation. Because film, yeah, Filmation yeah. had it. Hence, hence the title of the cartoon, the real Ghostbusters. Yes. Which actually. Crappy animation, semi-questionable voice acting sometimes, but had a real good Cthulhu for children vibe. Yeah. It was, it was a pretty good show. 
But then when they tried to get it, they're like, we have to do this name. And then the guy who was originally in charge went to the other studio who owned Filmation. And he just said, make it happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was head of the studio now who owned Filmation. Look, we were waiting to do this, and then Belushi died, and we had to recast him. Picture. We don't, we don't, we don't want uh, Murray to die. You just give us the fucking name. It's a cool, it's a cool story. And they yeah. made the movie in like in a year, which is shocking to me that they made it in a uh, like from we're doing mm. this to it's. They said they're like okay, we're we're gonna do it, and this was like May. Of the year before, like it's gotta it's gonna be in theaters in June of next year, and they did it, and they did it. I'm pretty sure Accurate had been working like doing passes on the script for a while before then. And then they completely rewrote what he did. Yeah, because it was supposed to be like they're going through different dimensions, fighting ghosts with magic wands or some weird shit. They're in space or something. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty out there. And then, uh, then uh, fucking Harold Ramis and Ivan Reitman took it and turned it into what we know right. of it today, right? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And the effects people, they, they were doing like one pass on each effect because they didn't have time. Mm-hmm. Which is so crazy. They're like, all right, good enough. Move on. Yep. That's a Slimer. <laughs> there we go. You know, they, they like how terrifying that is to be like, okay, we got what? Just do it. Okay, good. Print it. Skeleton taxi driver done. And they were pointing out some of the some of the errors. I was like, yeah, look at this. And look at this. And it was like, you never notice. Oh, man, I need to watch that. It's like how I never noticed you could see through the cockpits of the, uh, of the snow speeders in Empire until they corrected it in the special edition. <laughs> Could you? Yeah, because uh, they wanted to get rid of all of, like, whatever, like, you know, the blue screen tracking lines or whatever they were called uh-huh. that you could see real bad back in the day. And so what they ended up doing was just fading the outline, for, you know, from the first person point of view when you're inside the T-47. Mm-hmm. They faded it so that you couldn't see the lines as much. But then if you look closely, whenever it's going over an ad at or something, you can actually just kind of see it through the the side of the star of the snowspeeder. There's a VFX channel that I watch a lot on YouTube that just recently did a very, very good visual explanation of how they did all the optical printing effects. Nice. That shows how they run, how they do all these different passes, passes with different filters so that you get your, your different matte layers. Mm-hmm. And then how it's all composited together optically, which is, What's the name Fucking of the channel? crazy how they did it. It's called Corridor Crew. Corridor Crew. I'm going to check that out. And they oh, recently did a Star Wars one that explains that. I'm going to I'm gonna cut us. We're about 40 minutes. Oh, okay. Yep. And uh, i got to get these uploaded. So you, 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 any last words? No, I'm good. You good? All right. Bust, so. Bustin' makes me feel good. Me too. It's, I love Bustin', especially if somebody else is helping me out. <laughs> it's, it's always better that way. Here we go. I'm gonna, next time I'll get us some even stranger new music to play us out. Because it sounded cool when I first heard it, and then when I started playing it two episodes ago, I was like, that is a little sexy. It's kind of strange. I like it. I mean, I like it too. It's just a weird, weird thing to write out on. So, um, yeah, everybody, uh, Hidden Zoo on Twitter. Um, and uh, hiddenzoo69 at gmail.com and hiddenzoo on Facebook and hiddenzoo.podbean.com and review us on iTunes like that one person we talked about a few weeks ago did and um, yeah bye <laughs>